Hello, my name is Michaela Fox. I'm a partner in the professional indemnity team at Waitman, specialising in solicitors' professional indemnity. The mainstay of my work being defence and coverage instructions for insurers who provide primary layer cover for solicitors. This is a short podcast today on silent cyber, highlighting the difficulty, difficult exercise primary layer insurers face, satisfying the tension between meeting the regulator's minimum terms and clarifying just what cyber loss is catered for under a standard solicitor's professional indemnity policy. I want to start by explaining what we mean by the phrase silent cyber and why it is problematic. Silent cyber is the term used to describe potential cyber exposures within traditional property or liability insurance policies where cyber coverage is neither explicitly excluded nor clearly included. This results in uncertainty and ambiguity in the cover provided, which has a number of consequences. Firstly, with cybercrime continuing to rise, we've not seen the uptake in standalone cyber policies one might have expected. This is in part due to businesses being over-reliant on their traditional policies for cover in the event of a cyber attack. Secondly, a lack of clarity in the cover provided leads to disputes between policy holders and their insurers, with the former invariably arguing for the broader, more generous interpretation of the policy wording and the latter doing the opposite. Thirdly, there is the inevitable dissatisfaction as one party feels cheated because the outcome did not, in its mind, match the bargain it struck. For insurers, that means covering losses that they had not fully assessed and priced for, which of course is not sustainable in the long term. For the insured, this may mean losses that are so significant their business is no longer viable. It was the Prudential Regulatory Authority in January 2019 and then Lloyd's in July 2019 that started to put into action plans to reduce those unintended consequences I've just mentioned. Lloyd's mandated that all policies underwritten by Lloyd's syndicates should provide clarity regarding cyber coverage by either excluding it or providing affirmative coverage. Company markets followed both for consistency, as many also operate as a Lloyd's syndicate, and driven by comments from regulators. It is the third phase of the changes introduced by Lloyd's that began on 1st January this year that include professional indemnity insurance and other liability policies. However, progress to date has been far from plain sailing. To assist the market, Lloyd's Market Association, the LMA, and the International Underwriting Association, the IUA, have worked together to produce model clauses, and these clauses have been adopted in some PI and DNO policies. It was late January 2019 that the IUA's Professional Indemnity Forum created a working group of committee members to look at how cyber risks are treated in the professional indemnity market and the degree of overlap with traditional standalone cyber insurance products and also to look at typical gaps between the um, uh, standalone cyber insurance products and standard professional indemnity policies. Part of the committee's brief was to consider whether a model policy provision could be drafted for use in the professional indemnity market. This involves seeking feedback from professional indemnity and cyber markets as to where claims for cyber losses 
should ultimately lie. The upshot was a model endorsement clause. The aim of the clause was to ensure that what are considered to be standard professional indemnity exposures remain covered by the PI policy with cyber claims excluded to be picked up elsewhere, i.e. under a standalone cyber policy. However, there was never going to be a one-size-fits-all solution to the problem that is silent cyber and solicitors professional indemnity cover throws up some fairly unique issues. Earlier this year, the SRA issued its consultation paper on silent cyber, setting out what are undeniably laudable objectives. These include to provide absolute clarity for law firms, insurers and consumers on the cover provided under a minimum term solicitor's policy without altering the scope of protection provided by the SRA's PII arrangements. In other words, maintaining the status quo in terms of the scope of cover provided by the minimum terms, but also explaining what that is in terms of losses that arise from a cyber act or a cyber event. Now, over the years, the profession has been hit hard by cyber criminals and it remains a key target because, in some cases, large sums of money are held by the firms. They also hold, hold sensitive, confidential information. There is no sign of um, the law that the profession holds for cyber criminals waning. That being said, it must be right that insureds, insurers and consumer of, consumers of legal services know exactly where they stand in terms of what losses are and are not covered. And I doubt few would argue with that. However, the issue is not the why, it's the how. How to go about clarifying what is covered without the risk of diluting or concentrating the cover that is currently afforded. According to the consultation, the SRA's plan was to add a clause into the minimum terms and conditions that set out clearly what is and what is not covered in the event of a firm being subject to a cyber attack or cyber event. However, those of you who have considered the proposed wording of the clause in the consultation paper might be justifiably of the view that the SRA have somewhat missed the mark. The SRA did consider the IUA's model clause for professional indemnity policies, but rightly, in my view, rejected it as unsustainable. This is what the SRA had to say about that clause. We are aware that the IUA has published an endorsement specifically for PII policies that it considers will provide affirmative cover for cyber risks. Our view is that this endorsement, which we know some insurers and Lloyd syndicates have accepted as a model clause, does not reflect the scope of cover for consumers as set out in our PII arrangements. The IUA clause reduces consumer protection so that, for example, a loss of client money caused by a cyber attack might not be covered. The IUA clause would not therefore be appropriate and we are not proposing to adopt it. But what does the alternative look like? Solicitors' PI arrangements create a real challenge for insurers because of the broad civil liability basis of the solicitors' policy. Now, those of you familiar with the minimum terms will know that cover is provided under those terms for civil liability to the extent that it arises from private legal practice in connection with the insured's firm practice for claims first made during the period of insurance or arising from circumstances first notified during the period of insurance. 
as I have said, a very broad base. Further, the definition of claim includes an obligation on the insured to remedy a breach of the SRA accounts rules, whether or not a claim has in fact been intimated against the practice. Essentially then, cover is for third party losses arising from the insured's professional activity, which would capture some losses arising from a cyber attack or cyber event, but by no means all of those losses. So some, but not all. How does one cater for that? Well, a prescriptive list of what is covered and what is not covered is clearly undesirable as it will be unwieldy and inflexible. Cover is not provided under a solicitor's minimum terms policy for first party loss. So one might say that is a sound starting point. However, there's a caveat. There is scope within the definition of defence costs for costs expended by the insured in mitigation of a claim to be covered if those costs are necessary and reasonable and incurred with insurer's express consent. So far, so confusing. But the meeting of the objective of absolute clarity with the, which the SRA set itself in the context of a solicitor's PI policy is not an easy ask. Anything too restrictive, i.e. a blanket exclusion of, say, losses resulting from a cyber attack would be too restrictive, would be a breach of the minimum terms, and would therefore be of no effect. So let's look at the solution advocated by the SRA, and it was, I quote, adding a clause to the minimum terms and conditions that makes it explicit that the consumer protection under our PII arrangements equally applies if the loss is because of a cyber attack or a cyber event. However, the SRA are and were, as at the date of the consultation, essentially proposing the addition of an exclusion clause that excludes all losses arising from a cyber act or a cyber event, save that those, those losses already covered under the policy. Now, granted, this avoids the difficulty of excluding cover and writing it back in, or excluding cover for some but not all losses, but, does not, but it doesn't really silence the objectors. It doesn't really meet the brief. Put another way, will the insured or a claimant be any the wiser about what is and what is not covered by way of cyber losses under a solicitor's minimum terms policy if we add in the clause proposed by the SRA? I suggest not. Also, purists would say that there's no need to exclude cover that does not fall within the scope of the policy in any event. So where do we get to? Well, the SRA has yet to set out its stall following the closure of the consultation, which was May this year. But as we near the end of what is still the most popular period for solicitors' PI renewal, insurers are coming under increasing pressure to comply with the Lloyd's mandate and revise the wording of their solicitors' PI policies. Some have jumped already, but I suspect they may rue the day they did that. Others are sitting tight, waiting to hear further from the SRA. We will simply have to wait and see what the regulator does next. My sense is that it is unlikely to tackle the undesirable exercise of writing a more prescriptive clause for the cover afforded by the minimum terms for cyber losses and will land on a wording similar to that found in the consultation paper. Now, thank you all for listening and please watch this space for further developments.